Today's sermon is titled, Why God is Better Than a Zinger Box. Why is God better than a Zinger Box from KFC? Um, about a month ago, I had a particularly horrendous week, a truly awful week. Started off with getting the flu, which isn't the worst thing in the world. But a couple of days later, Jess brought home this horrendous vomiting bug, which I then caught. So I had the flu and gastro. And then about two days after that, Patrick brought home COVID, which I then got. So I had the flu, gastro and COVID all at once, triple whammy, horrible. So the family's all locked down, stuck in the house, cabin fever. Everything's a mess all the time as it is with four kids. Uh, and, and that was nasty. And, um, you know, it was raining, so we couldn't even send them out in the backyard. And then I got a speeding fine from one of them stupid speeding trucks they plant. They put them on my street. I've got two of them now. So if I come to church next week on a bicycle, you know why. Oh, shocking. So my mood was low, right? It was very, very low, but it hadn't quite reached rock bottom. It reached rock bottom when I was holding Esme. And look, I was trying to be a good dad. I was trying to be engaging and fun. So I lifted her up in the sky and I looked up at her and I smiled and she vomited directly into my mouth. And look, we've got a photo of it. You got that there, right? This is horrible. That's the vomit that didn't make it into my mouth. That shows you the splash zone. And when you think about it, this particular fluid has come via Jess into Esme and then into me. So this is a double bodily fluid. That is truly nasty. Let's get that off before um, we have any more vomiting accidents. So at that stage, I kind of lost it. And I gave Esme to Jess and I went downstairs and I shut myself in my little office and I thought, I have had it. I'm overwhelmed, I'm fed up, I'm not coping. I need something, something to comfort me, something to lift me up, something that might take me out of this horrible, horrible place. Now with that horrendous story in mind, we're going to look at Exodus 32. Exodus, Zoe for you, second book of the Bible, right at the start, 32. We don't do a lot of Old Testament here these days. Exodus 32, I'll give you... I'll give you kind of a, a rundown of the story. Um, the Israelites were in Egypt working as slaves. They were slaves to the Pharaoh. It was a horrible existence until God used Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And he was leading them to the promised land, a special place that God was setting up for them. Land of milk and honey, which we call Israel. So they're on this journey, and it was a tough journey. They were being chased by soldiers. It was in the desert. It was hot. They were thirsty. They were hungry. It was a hard trip, but they'd had God and Moses with them. So they persisted until God and Moses had some business to attend to. Uh, God wanted to give Moses the Ten Commandments, because in this new society, he wanted to have a structure that would keep them all close to him. So he wanted to give them these Ten Commandments. So Moses and God went up on a mountain to do this business and the other Israelites were all left down below. And the Israelites started to get panicky. They started to get overwhelmed and fed up and desperate. So they went to Aaron. Aaron, 
who was Moses' brother and second in charge, but when Moses was up the mountainside, he was top dog. So they went to Aaron and they said, Aaron, can you sort us out with another God, a new God who might lead us out of this tough place, who might give us some comfort? And Aaron says, sure I can, surely I can. So he says, look, gather up all your jewellery, all your gold, all your wives' earrings and give them to me. So they did. And he took it and he melted it down and he made a golden calf, a golden calf. And most scholars say that a golden calf was an Egyptian god, an emblem of strength. So even though, right, they've just got out of Egypt because it was a horrible place, in their desperation, they've reached back to an old god, which they hoped might give them some comfort, give them what they need. Now, what happened next isn't super relevant to today's message. Long story short, they all get, anyone who worshipped the calf gets killed in a brutal Old Testament way. But what I want to focus on today is this. When we are overwhelmed, when we're not coping, when, we need, when we're in a dark, dark place, we tend to look for a false god. A false god. Sometimes we call him an idol, a false god. And sometimes we talk about false gods as big picture things that we live for. But today I want to focus on these things we turn to when we're freaking out. These false gods. So for instance, some of us turn to alcohol or drugs. Some of them can take our mind out of things. It might even obliterate our thoughts for a short while. Some of us turn to pornography. Some of us turn to shopping, you know, your retail therapy. Some of us turn to eating. And I saw a bloke on TikTok say, there is no problem in life which cannot be solved with a zinger box. And all these things, right, they do give us a lift. They do give us a relief for a short time. But they take something from us also. They give us a little, they take a lot, right? It's like they put a, a comforting hand on one shoulder. They slap us across the face with the other one. They give a little and they take a lot. And we see this in that story I just told. They got themselves a golden calf, but they had to give up their gold, the most precious possession. Things that would have been given to them on their wedding day, most likely. Their most important possessions were lost. And eventually it cost them their life. It gives a little but it takes a lot. And we see this with food. We see this with food. It's specifically the bad stuff that we go after. The fat and the sugar, which makes us feel better. No one gets heaps depressed and says, that's it, I'm going to have a cabbage. We go after terrible food, things that ruin our health. If we get addicted to pornography, it loses our ability to be intimate. Uh, excess shopping, well, it us broke. And, and drugs and alcohol, well, it takes away our, our, our humanity if we get too far into it. it. ruins our relationships. And Tim Keller explains that these things, they work like an addiction, right? Whatever benefit they give you at first, well, as time goes on, you need more and more of that thing to get the same benefit. You need more and more and more until you develop a serious dependency on that thing. And that's when it really does damage to you. So these false gods, these false gods, they offer you a little and they give you a little, but they take a lot. They take a lot. 
The second problem is they don't actually solve anything for you. All they do is give you a distraction, a distraction from how you feel. And when you finish with that thing, you go back to your problem and often it's worse because it's been given a chance to take hold and to fester. So these false gods, they're no good. They're no good. A far better way is to turn to God. Turn to God when you're struggling. Turn to him in prayer. Open his word. Listen to worship music. Call, text, message someone from your church. Reach out to someone from the church. Reach out to God. God will take nothing from you. Well, he will, but he'll take away your bitterness and your hate and your sin. Stuff you can do without, right? Stuff you'd be quite happy to get out of your life. But very importantly, God is not just a distraction. He will actually help you work through these things. So take, for instance, take, for instance, uh, your self-worth. Perhaps you've been put down in your life and you don't feel like you're worth much, that you matter much, you have a very low view of yourself. A zinger box or a drink or whatever will distract you from those horrible thoughts for a short while, but they won't lead you through it. But when we turn to God, we see that in him we have tremendous worth and that he loves us and that he set his son for us. We're very valuable to him. And if you continue to focus on that truth, you'll start to believe it. And you'll start to know it. And you'll actually find a solution to your problem. Also, you might experience guilt. You might feel terrible about something you've done. Or maybe just have a general sense of shame. God can forgive your sins. God can forgive your sins and make it so you have nothing to be ashamed about. God doesn't just offer a distraction He offers a solution. He leads you through these problems. So how do we become God-dependent rather than false God-dependent? Because this is one of those things where you can know it and go, oh, I should depend on God, but it's easier said than done. Um, uh, Martin Luther used to say that depending on false gods is just a normal way of things. This is how we do things in life. They're easy, they're available. It's all too easy to rely on false gods. And God is the unusual way. It's the interruption. So how do we become God-dependent rather than false God-dependent? Well, Christians have these practices built into our life. Ways we kind of discipline ourselves so that we become God-dependent. And one of them is Lent. Lent, this period of 40 days leading up to Easter, where many Christians choose to deny themselves for that 40 days, something which has become like too prevalent in their life, too big in their life. And we are perhaps becoming a little too dependent on that thing. So some people give up the drink for 40 days. Some people give up sugar, give up coffee, give up social media, give up online shopping for 40 days. And what that does is, for one, it stops that thing from becoming too dominant in your life. You gain control over that thing rather than having control over you. But secondly, it forces us to rely on God. If you haven't got that that crutch to rely on, you'll look for something else. You'll find God. And, you know, the muscle you use is the muscle that grows. 
And if you have this time where you're going to rely on God, it becomes easier and easier to rely on Him. Fasting, fasting works in the same way. If you read through the New Testament, when people are in strife, they're advised to turn to prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting, just not eating for a short period. Now, in our culture, we often talk about the prayer part and we just leave out the fasting. I mean, you can, you can tell that it happens in our culture just by looking at me, unfortunately. Not a lot of fasting going on over here, sadly. But uh, fasting is a great thing because it, it forces us to rely on God. It takes away this thing which we just depend on in life and it forces us to get our joy and our peace from God. From God. So, friends, I want you to think for a moment, what false gods do you rest on in your life? When you're overwhelmed and stressed out and not coping and feeling like you need something to lead you out of this horrible, horrible place, where do you turn? What do you reach out for? I bet there's a part of you that wishes you could get that out of your life, you know, and not have to rest on it anymore. I encourage you to uh, turn to God. Turn to God. Seek out what Charles Spurgeon called a personal dealing with God. Personal dealing of your soul with God. Pray to Him. Read about Him in the Word. Listen to worship music. Reach out to someone from church. Let God deal with it. And you'll see that He takes nothing from you it actually leads you through the problem. And you will see that God is better than a zinger box. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Amen. So, we know there is nothing better than you. And these false gods, they're so easy.